Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mitchell, thank you for joining me on episode two of Scaling Your Business. Thanks a million for having me, Rain. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, for those listening, Mitchell is the CEO of X-Wave Technology, formerly the MD of Kantar Media and Independent Media Group, if I've got that correct. Uh, head of Innovation with Independent News and Media. There we go. Head of Innovation. Well, you've got some uh, track record and CV, so I'm really looking forward to this this episode. As with all the other episodes, we picked three or four of the... Uh, 13 blind spots that can hold back an otherwise healthy business. The four that we're focusing in on today are hiring, accountability, lead generation, and sharing your vision. So we'll jump straight into hiring. Um, Mitchell, you've just hired your first software engineer. Can you kind of talk me through some of the concerns with both the, you had a decision to make whether it was remote or local, uh, and which one did you go with and what pushed you towards that one? Yeah, uh, so it's great. We've hired our first other employee other than myself. So it's always a a milestone for for a fledgling business. Um, And uh, I suppose, you know, the the, the approach that I would generally take to to, to leadership, um, you know, would be one of complete trust in my teams, you know, if, if they need to take time off to go to the dentist or look after a sick child, whatever that might be, you just go do it. You know, they're, they're, for me, their personal lives are and, and always should take precedence um, over their work lives. Um, so, uh, you know, I suppose leaders aren't babysitters. They shouldn't be doing all of the kind of micromanagement. I've enough babysitting to be done at home. So uh, I suppose it's always that, that approach has always been kind of built on, on complete trust and, and let them manage themselves and, and really just be there to, to support them whenever required. Mm. Um, but it always has been in an office environment with some, you know, uh, structure and, and uh, elements of kind of flexible working. Um, so it really is a test of, I suppose, my leadership beliefs to take that step further into, you know, um, hiring somebody that you might only see once a year, you know, mm. um, uh, in terms of a remote worker, somebody who, who might not be in the same city or, or not even in the same in the same country as country, you. Yeah. And, and I suppose when we were having that kind of conversation, myself and, and some of my co-founders, would we consider um, hiring somebody remote at the end of the day all the discussions came back to where talent and the ability to find the right talent has to take precedence over any other consideration and so we just went with that kind of single-minded approach to the hire and I've never um, managed somebody uh, who's who's entirely remote so to to get comfortable with that idea I suppose I've talked to um, you know, colleagues of mine who, who would have that experience and, and other business leaders and particularly the year of 2020, loads of them have had that experience. And I think everybody's sure. finding that it's it's grand. You know, there's a little bit more structure you might need to put into place, but overall, it's fine. Um, yeah. and, and it really is all about finding that right person who you can trust and being able to find the best way of kind of supporting them. 
Um, and, and, you know, you do have challenges around as you as you scale up um, around kind of communicating the culture. I think that's going to be a big challenge again, talking to other kind of um, founders who are in the scaling process now. They're having challenges, not about getting the work done, but actually communicating the, the culture um, and getting buy-in from, from employees around the world. So that, that's maybe some of the future challenges. But in terms of, I'm still nervous uh, taking yeah. on this person remotely, but we've hired somebody who's brilliant. Um, and 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 they were the best of the bunch, and and, and they they're they're in a different country, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how it goes. Amazing, yeah, no, amazing, I, I, interesting. You, you mentioned communication. I want to de- uh, ask you a couple of questions around that because I was listening to another podcast. Uh, we have a partnership with Gong Artificial Intelligence, kind of revenue intelligence, and the CEO said that the jump between 120 employees and above is where the communication line breaks. And it's always interesting to hear how those companies manage the communication. Suppose you're not at that uh, 120 employee stage just yet. It'd be amazing to be It's a challenge for, mo- for most at the moment, you know, separating the, the work from uh, home environment. Uh, I'm lucky enough that I, I, I rented a small office about a 15 minute walk. So still live in the same village, but get to walk to work every day. So there's that feeling of you going to work. I, I was on a call a while ago and, and they were talking about people getting in their cars, driving around the block where they live and getting back out to have the experience of, of going to work <laughs> crazy and um, talented people. It's always good when you kind of hit the jackpot on, on talented people. They say that the cost of a bad hire is five times their annual salary and, and having hired people before, I know how uh, scarce the market is for, for talented people. How do you recruit? Do you go to an outside board to look for help? You, you mentioned co-founders. Do you just get together and you, you picked one thing that was most important to you? Uh, like, Talk me through the idea of when you decided you wanted to hire that engineer, how did you go about hiring them? Yeah. Uh, so first and foremost... I am not an engineer um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly technical, but not at all to, to the extent that I would need to be. So yeah. the first very fortunate structure that we have in place is I have a, a consultant CTO. So he's the CEO of, of, of a development company, and they've been leading the development of our technology to date, our XRFER um, radiology referral platform. And that's been hugely valuable so again you know any other star startup founders who are probably in the same position as me they might have a commercial background and and have hit on this really great idea but they don't have a technical co-founder i would hugely recommend at least trying to find a a consultant cto you know who's not maybe coming on board full-time but you can go to with these questions so really our process for this um engineering hire was that he and his team ran the first two rounds of the interviews and really dug deep into the the technical qualifications um, of, of the candidates. And by the way, we also used a, um, a recruiter um, to find and source um, the people we need. And not always an option, of course, you know, it, it, that comes with the between 10 and 20% premium um, yeah. on, on the person that you hire. So you can't always afford that. I, I completely get that. Um, but just for this particular, you know, I've got a relatively strong network across sales and marketing and, 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 and client services. 
not necessarily in, in engineering. So we use the agency to source the talent. We use our consultant CTO and his team then to kind of whittle down the, 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 the candidates into a smaller pool based on the, the, the required um, technical expertise. And that was done in a very formal structure and scoring sheets and all the questions done out. And then the last interview was was with me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big believer in seven stage interview process. I think, I, I don't know, how well can you really get to know somebody or, or you know, uh, across that? Um, and really, again, from a startup perspective, I don't have time or resources to put into a, a yeah. seven stage process. So three for me is, is the max. And, and really that last interview with me then is all around the culture, cultural fit. And what I'm trying to do is identify somebody not necessarily with the um, the most relevant uh, experience and particularly sectoral experience, but actually somebody with the with the greatest potential to quickly grasp new things and grow. And people who've been able to demonstrate that. And and an example is myself. So you've given my CV at the start, which is great. And and you know it's been primarily in in, in digital consultancy and, and and advertising and media and research. I'm now working in healthcare and I'm not afraid to admit I know nothing about healthcare. Like when, when I started off, I'm very fortunate. I've never spent much time in hospitals, you know, neither uh, much of my family. So um, a lot of this was, was, was very, very new to me. So I've had to learn quickly. So I wouldn't expect um, of, of the people that I'm hiring them to have amazing experience in, in, in the sector that I'm in. But I would like to have seen in their track records that ability to learn quickly. Um, because actually it, it would be great if they are bringing fresh ideas from outside industries into this industry to kind of help solve problems. So that last interview with me is, is that cultural fit and um, have they demonstrated the ability to, to learn quickly and a big one are they sound you know it's it's for me it's it, it's an absolute clincher. Yeah, are they sure. sound? Can well, you get on well with them? Yeah fingers crossed well that's definitely a deal breaker and that you can tell from chatting to someone relatively yeah. fast um, you mentioned your stage of the interview, the being the final stage of cultural fit. Is that a good feeling? Is there any psychometric test behind that? Is it you're going doing a deep dive on their LinkedIn? Talk me through like how you how you tick that box in your head. Go, yeah, this person's moved to that stage. Now I've got to make sure they're sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like I'd love to tell you that I, I had a process behind this, but I don't. Like honestly, it's it's. It generally is uh, a lot of gut instinct, a lot yeah. of talking to the person. I mean, you, you you know when somebody's kind of like everybody's a bit nervous in in an interview, and you make absolute leeway for that. I'm I'm I, I, I'm a kind of an open and and and, and informal person myself, and um, so I hope they feel comfortable and, and quickly. Then you 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 just through conversations with them. Um, surface the kind of the, the, the kind of traits that you're looking for and 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 really it is um gut and ideally you would have somebody else in that interview with you who you can bounce that off like i thought this was great about them i thought maybe this wasn't and um, in this instance uh, i haven't had somebody to, to kind of bounce this off and um, typically i will but again i'm i'm, I'm the you know i'm the only um full-time employee yeah. here at the moment and um, to do it with but i i mean i again when you've had a good track record and i luckily have you know in, in terms of hiring on primarily gut instinct um you, you you kind of tend to trust it but no that's not to say that it doesn't always uh it doesn't always work out no, no, no. Uh, I, great story and good instinct. Uh, it's probably the reason why, I'm, why I am where I am. My father, Paul Lanigan, founded Sandler, the franchise in Ireland, what, 19 years ago? The first one outside of North America. 
at the stage, they didn't have any tests that franchise owners took to see, you know, would they make a good franchise owner? And they did a year afterwards. So he took it and he ranked like lowest of the low, <laughs> dangerous, do not buy this franchise, you'll fail at it. And he's been probably the most successful one in all of EMEA. So again, that gut feeling just going for it sometimes is is the right thing to do. Uh, and again, backed up with experience and everything. Don't just come out of the of the womb and say, I want that all all cards on black, you know. It's 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 a really good point because I I'm I'm a huge believer. A lot of my background is in innovation, and you don't get innovation without um, diversity of thought and ideas. And, and again, it's the problem that 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 you know so many businesses um, fall into. They they just hire people like them, um, and, oh, yeah. and because you like them, a lot of that is the soundness. Hey, you're like me. You're sound. I'm sound. Great. So you, you really need to be wary of that. And it's something you always have to check in yourself, those unconscious biases towards people um, who, who are like you. But actually, from an innovation perspective, they actually can hinder innovation. And, and, and people who, again, have come from different industries with different experiences and different thoughts can bring so much rich um, ideation uh, with them that, that really that's kind of what you're, what you're trying to look out for as well. Couldn't agree more. So... A lot of companies do a good job in the hiring stage. So uh, in terms of being able to kind of um, uh, onboard somebody um, who's working remotely uh, and particularly when, when you're a small business, so we don't have any of those, um, you know, gift boxes to, 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 to give to any, any of the new staff or anything like that. Um, really, uh, it, it's important around that kind of communication piece. So mm. I don't have any um formalized 30 60 90 day structure yeah. within which to, to to onboard somebody new it's probably something that that i should put into place and and from from a startup perspective and um, when you're quite small you maybe get away with that uh, but really you need those formalized structures in place when you're scaling and now all of a sudden you don't have time to do the individualized piece and and you really wish that you had a framework but you're so busy it's too late to, to retrospectively put a framework in, in, into place so it's something that a hundred percent we need to put into place but to date you know all of our focus and my focus as a founder it's on the product development it's on the the sales getting that first sale in it's on the, you know, getting the financing in and, and, and it's hard to kind of take up your, your head and look around and realize that you need to, to put these structures into place because hopefully, you know, in six, nine months, we're going to start getting swamped and we're going to need to start hiring people, not in ones and twos, but in tens and, and will be really great for, for, for the process into place there. So at the moment we do with, with our new hire, we're going to, they're going to be doing a daily standup with our existing um, CTO. Um, and eventually just until they get up onto their feet. And, and then obviously I'll be taking them more underneath my wing. But it's, I think it's, it's a really good question, um, particularly for a startup who probably won't, wouldn't even think about doing it because it's only one person or two people, but you need to get those processes into place early because hopefully you're going to be successful. And when you're successful, your growing pains are going to require a framework and, and an onboarding framework. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's jump on to lead generation, you know, uh, sales are, are probably the most important part of the business. They keep things afloat. Um, so you've, you've identified your, your buyer persona to me. They always say that the first sale can be the hardest sale. So can you talk me through your strategy for winning that first sale, having never been in the industry of healthcare entirely <laughs> before? 
this is something I'm I'm interested in. Was it referral, cold call, email, networking? Talk me through it. Yeah, a very good and, and very timely question because we've we've just confirmed that we have our first uh, live deployment of our platform um, in an Irish hospital next month. So we are delighted about that. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been about six months from writing the first line of code on the platform itself to, to, to getting our first sale, which- um, That's impressive. In, in my experience, it's kind of slow, but actually in, in healthcare, that is impressive, I'm yeah. learning. And again, I, I, I'd love to be able to give myself a pat on the back for being a, an amazing lead generator, but it's not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky that, that, that my co-founders, um, although they're not involved in the day-to-day, -day, I've got co-founders from across um, technical, as I said, in, 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 our, in our consultant CTO, financial, but also um, clinical. So we were uh, set up by, by some of Ireland's leading radiologists, um, and, and, and those are the people who've actually identified the problems that, that we're looking to solve. You know, I mean, they're the ones who are living this, the, the problem every day, the problem like, you know, patients who are being referred incorrectly for, for, for scans, for x-rays or MRIs or CTs, inefficiency um, across the entire system in, in terms of how the scans are being ordered, you know, wasting and scarce time and resources. We know that the, 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 the hospital and healthcare system is screaming out for extra consultants and, and money and, and, and there's no need to, to actually squander what, what's already there. And, you know, masses of need is paperwork and, and the data insecurity that, that, that comes with that. So those are the problems those that, that, that they've recognized. They've hired me to come in and try and solve those problems with them. But by having that network in place, that's really what's helped us get this kind of first um, engagement on board and, and probably our first few engagements on board. So through that network, they've been able to make some warm introductions to key decision makers in, in hospitals. And they've been able to tell, let me know like what the go-to-market looks like, who, who are the key influencers within a hospital, which is a complex organization that you need to talk to. But even still with that initial introduction, um, you'll have you know somebody on your side probably within the hospital, but you still need to, to convince and make a case to you know, tons of other people within the organization, you know, the, 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 the hospital consultants and doctors, the administrators, IT, procurement, eventually the C-suite, the CEO, the CFO. So it's a complex process, as I'm sure you know yourself. Um, so the warm introductions are absolutely vital getting you in there. Uh, were for us, sorry, not for everybody, were, yeah. were for us. And then it, it's up to you to try and kind of know what the, the, the pinch points and the pain points for all of those other uh, players in, in in your customer business are and, and how to actually um, get those solutions that, that you're bringing to each of those um, pain, pain points are. So, I mean, you, you'd want to have obviously a solution that makes them all happy. Uh, luckily enough, we do, you know. Well, there's more evidence that if from industry to industry that multi-threading is incredibly important and not just to solely rely on the one thing. Um, usually at this stage of the interview from, from my previous two interviews, um, I've been chatting to people who grew up in the industry. So for example, um, Pierce Dargan, his family owned the Kildare Stud Farm and he got in to the equine industry from a very young age, has a huge passion for it. You're in an area that you say you don't, you didn't really know much about what, what got you into it? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, so uh... I've spent a lot of my time, I started off as a consultant and, and, and digital strategy and digital marketing consulting, and, and, and I really loved it. I, I had a great passion for particularly working with, with, with businesses in, in social enterprise and, and in arts. 
um, yeah. and, and, and in health and social care, you know, particular. So I suppose I moved on to, to, to advertising, digital media. I loved it. I had a great time there and, and such interesting technologies and, and brilliant people. But I kind of got to a point that I was, I suppose, felt like I wanted to go back to a place where I felt like I was having a more meaningful, positive uh, impact on 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 society um, at large, without wanting to, to denigrate anybody else's work. But for me, mm. I wanted to, to to do something that I felt was was more directly impacting positively on on society. And um, so, actually, this opportunity came to me um, through uh, through a common connection with one of the radiological founders. Um, and asked, and, and I suppose I was very honest with them at the start. I said, look, I, I really know nothing about the healthcare sector. I'm not going to be able to bring a network. And they're like, look, we have that. We want somebody who's going to come in and drive this forward from a commercial and marketing structural um, point of view. Um, and we'll support you on, on the clinical side. Um, and when I started uh, taking a delve into the, the technology that's at play at the moment in healthcare, I just saw a huge opportunity. It's, it's really not great um and, and and the opportunities there particularly for cloud deployments um are, are are immense so i got really excited about that and and i've loved every minute of it like it's a startup founder is it's a roller coaster your emotions are mm. all over the place and you really have to have to work hard to regulate your your disappointment they can seem like crushing blows like a small bit of bad news you know, can can have you kind of lying down, pinching your nose, looking at the ceiling, and 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 the next day you're up on top of the world again. So, it, you need to work hard on kind of regulating your your emotions. Um, but it's it's brilliant. I, I am in a place now that that combines that kind of positive impact on society by improving patient outcomes by making sure they get the best test first, and also a really interesting space in in, in technology and and the application of AI and machine learning to to to, to kind of really improve for us the the the, the radiology workflow. And um, so, so yeah, so far so good. So the passion is there. I can feel it. And I oh, can 100%. See it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, I'm learning so much. Again, you can feel swamped, um, but I love that, you know, I, I, again, you get to a point in your career where if you feel like you're not really learning that much anymore, yeah, you need to kind of, you need to take a look at yourself and, and see what, what, what you need to do to, to, to start learning again. And, and I suppose I'd almost found myself at that place. Um, and so I'm like a kind of child again here with all this knowledge. I'm kind of being able to kind of absorb and, and again, bring my experiences from the past into like, well, this is something I've done before and, and, and bringing a fresh perspective into this industry. Interesting. Well, I sold my previous business. Uh, I brought a co-founder on about 18 months ago um, and, and sold August this year, uh, bought into the Sandler Ireland franchise, 50% owner. And I didn't have that initial fire underneath my ass to pick up and dial. And my initial strategy was let's create a business that has inbound leads. You're probably laughing at yourself, but that was my initial strategy. Yeah. And about two and a half months in, I said, I was paying myself one day and I said, probably need to switch from inbound to outbound. <laughs> if I, if I'm to survive another couple of months or year in this. So, uh, uh, I, it's, like, I pre it's, a, it's a tricky one because you're right. Like ideally you, 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 you'd have inbound leads because the leads are warmer and you know, they're, 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 there's less resource need to be spent on, yeah. on, on, on kind of sales and you're switching your focus to more of a kind of a, a, a provide excellent client service, but you need to be able to initially use the outbound approach to be able to bring in those customers 
that you can absolutely delight within an inch of their lives and show that you are by far the best at what you do with these huge impactful results. And, and that's really where a lot of your, you know, inbound marketing is great. And, and, and this kind of stuff, podcast is great, but you need to have those like case studies and show like nobody else can do this. So I'm not out there in a competitive market with my outbound approach. I'm sitting back here because I, I I know I'm amazing and and, and, and I know I'll, I'll have a huge impact on your business. So couldn't, yeah. couldn't agree more. One of the things we teach in Sandler is a, is, is a cookbook. And if a hands up, I was using it to about 60% of my capability. One day I said, no, I'm switching this fully on green light. Let's go for it. And I use my cookbook, which is the list of daily activities I must do every single day to keep my pipeline healthy and be moving forward. So for example, I need to have 15 outreaches a day for the ideal buyer persona. I need to follow up with this. I need to ask for this many referrals. And, and if I follow that, the results will take care of itself. Follow the process, the results take care of themselves. My question to you is, with, with the cookbook story I've just told, what are your sources to generate lead leads? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love that approach um, that you've outlined there. And I, I, I'm quite uh, mathematical about my approach to sales as well. Um, when you look back from the sale, like what are the stages involved in it? So working backwards in, in, in our industry for our platform, it's, it's sale. But before that is, is you probably run a pilot. Before that, you've run a, a live demo. Before that, you've you've had a, a meeting or a series of meetings, and before that is your is, is your um you know your 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 initial kind of contact with them, and and you're right that you know you you need to mathematically decide well x leads to x leads to x leads to x, and that's what actually determines your initial overall effort. How many I need to to to, to call a hundred people here to get one sale, and if I need ten sales this year, I need to call a thousand people, and that's what's going to determine my. My, my effort so it, it, it's a it, it's a brilliant approach to it we're so early in, in in our process that we don't know what those calculations and you're you're probably the same yourself you, you don't know what those calculations are no, how many moving them. sales are, are, are converting but you're right to start um, gathering that data um, and that's something that absolutely will, will be applying to this business as well and, and and again you know in terms of our lead generation really lucky that we have a, a really good network of of of, of irish radiologists who, who are able to affect those those warm introductions. However, our ambitions lie beyond Ireland and, and we're looking globally really, because this the problem that we're the problems that we're solving that I've talked about earlier on, they're global problems. Um, and, and for that you can't rely on your initial um, network when it's localized. And for that, I'm relying on strategic partnerships. Um, so for example, we have uh, an important strategic partnership with the European Society of Radiologists. They're, they're the largest radiological society in the world and and we fit very much with their kind of vision around value-based radiology and and providing better patient outcomes by getting this best test first approach so we we, we've a lot of kind of coherence in 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 our joint approach to it Um, and and so you know they have um they have a a huge network that 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 hopefully we're going to be able to kind of leverage off and then looking at other kind of tech vendors where you're able to provide something that they don't necessarily have that absolutely complements and what they're providing that you might have even seen as a competitor at the start when you're doing your competitor review you're like well actually how do I turn this competitor into a collaborator? Like, is there something I, I can provide for them? And particularly when they're an international player, you might be able to kind of piggyback in um, on their existing service. So that's that's another form of lead generation. And then back to 
th those direct leads were, were, were neither of those um, come into play again I think you're just going back to to LinkedIn um, and, and and again you know I'm delighted to see in, in, in the healthcare space there are a lot of people on LinkedIn um, that use LinkedIn and and uh, I suppose those would be probably the more kind of tech forward and, 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 and people more likely to actually adopt your technology um if they're already on the platform so yeah. i suppose those would be the three biggest kind of sources of of leads partnerships being one of them is is uh something that i'm seeing more and more and more of i don't know whether i was blind to it but certainly in 2020 i've seen more companies focus on or give partnerships a bigger priority especially in our own i know that we've announced three or four partnerships this year whereas in previous years you might have announced three four in a decade so there, there must be something out there that everyone's realizes the uh, value in good partnerships. Not all partnerships uh, are going to be successful, but yeah. Um, yeah. So your vision, every, every, every founder who I've talked to wants to take their company to that level of excellence, w what they want to do. And when they get there, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'd like to ask you, what's your big picture vision for, for your company? x-wave technologies so you'd be surprised to hear that again as an ex-strategist and and, and and marketer i don't I haven't actually written down like a, a vision statement um and and to be honest with you i'm not too into these kind of big nebulous you know like obviously you know we're, we're not here to kind of elevate the consciousness of the world or whatever Adam Newman's one was for 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 we work you know I'm I'm I, I'm more focused on yes something that's that, that 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 that's future looking and and ambitious but actually something that's quite tangible um and and quite clear so I suppose for us it's it's not necessarily a vision but it's that approach that uh, that obsession with best test first and because the biggest problem that we're that we're looking to solve beyond all of the kind of inefficiencies and the lack of of, of digital um, and 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 the ensuing data and um, that, that comes with the application of digital platforms, for us the big problem is that um, about thirty to fifty percent of um, of radiology referrals that are sent are, are actually inappropriate for, for 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 the diagnosis of that patient, and um, so it's it, it's a huge problem. So we want to ensure that that patient gets referred for the best test at exactly the right time for them. So it's not necessarily a vision, but it's certainly a kind of a, 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 an ambition that guides everything that we do and all the conversations that we have around the kind of product pipeline that, that we're looking to build out over the next couple of years, all focus on that as the very, very core essence of what we do and what we're bringing. Um, to 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 the healthcare system, and um, so I suppose that's yeah, that's the best answer that that I can give you. I, I might need to come up with something. No, I love it. Pete, it I I love it. You're so you're guiding North Stars, just making sure that your customers have the best product for them at that particular time. I I think so because again, I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. The world shifts so often, you know, and 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 somebody you know it, it is very hard and fair play to the people who do it they're amazing but you know looking taking these big risks is something that might or might not happen in 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 30 years time is all well and good but i'd rather myself look you know kind of five years max down the line and, and go okay what does what does that actually look like and how can we affect real change given that our kind of mantra of, of best test first what does that actually look like 
um, rather than going for the for the for the huge picture stuff, which I'm not saying is wrong. It's just it's not. No, for no, me. no. Again, interesting because I've got my own personal goals that I want to achieve. Um, very hard for me to see where I'll be in five years' time because I don't have any kids now, but hoping to have kids in five years' time. So again, life will change. Um, and for me, I focus on each quarter. I focus on here's how much money I need to uh, make, you know, three months from now. So what do I need to do now to make sure I make that? And, and I three things at a time. Interesting because I was banging my head off the wall of a plane coming back from America about a year ago when a colleague said to me, he's probably in his late fifties and he wants to retire at 65 and he knows where he wants to retire. Southern France, he knows what the size of house he wants and he's worked back by month, by week and by day, exactly what he needs to do. And to me, I'd find that so boring just going, this is exactly what I have to do. So I get like, I, I like enjoying the, the process of it as, as well. So curious yeah. to see where you stood on, on, on that end of the spectrum. Uh, yeah, as I said, I suppose I do take a, 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 like talking about the sales process, the mathematical approach to the sales yeah. process, but uh, you need to leave a bit of mystery in there. You know, you need to leave those, <laughs> I guess, those little I guess gaps to, to, to be creative, to be innovative. I mean, you know, I would say probably 10 years ago, um, I, I would definitely would have set myself up to be a kind of a, a an MD or a CEO by 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 the age of forty. I, I would love to have done it. I, I really love um, working with people and and and, and kind of um, seeing them grow and develop and prosper. I I, I love that. Um, so that's why. But I, I wouldn't have had a clue that I'd be doing it in healthcare. You know. Um, so I, I do think you need to have a, a, a relatively good idea. But I I, I think. You know, if I taken that really, really kind of minute and, and micro approach to it, you, you probably might have shut off other avenues or opportunities and um, that don't necessarily fit with your life thesis that might actually end up turning into something better. Yeah, yeah, well said. Jumping on to the last part of this uh, accountability, you're a startup founder. How do you evaluate whether your performance has met the expectations you've set out, whether for yourself or employees? Do you have a coach you go to? Do you set aside a certain time of the month? Do you have someone to share it with? Do you go for dinner with someone and just share? Like, what is it for you? Nothing formal in, in, in place yet. I probably should. Again, these are good questions because they're giving me good ideas about what I probably should be doing. So um, I, I think, look, my accountability from a business perspective initially at the moment is, is, to, um, is to my shareholders. Um, yeah. in the business um, and, and to my co-founders. And again, I'm lucky that, that we have co-founders from technical, finance, clinical, that I can go to for, um, for advice about anything. I'm not, I haven't really gone to them yet about like, look, tell me how I'm doing. Um, I just hope that they think that I'm great, but th they mightn't. Um, I suppose it takes a bit of courage, but you, you, you need it to be done. Um, and as we start onboarding um, customers, you know, that's who I'm going to be accountable to, to, to our customers and, and, yeah. and to their patients. Um, and, and again, you're, you're probably, you know, more likely to get some, some, some good feedback, whether good or bad from, from, from those guys. And um, so, you know, it, it is important, um, particularly over the last year, I've been stuck in my attic, you know, on my own. Um, my original plan when I took on this role is I'll, it's great. I'll be out in hospitals. I'll be talking to, 
to, to doctors, to administrators in hospitals. I'll be learning how the whole thing works. And, and, and that was all completely wiped out. And um, so you really do need to get that, like talk to other people, as many people as you can. And, and with that, you know, I have picked up the phone and, start, and cold called or, or on LinkedIn, like cold messaged other founders, uh, particularly founders working in this space and, and other business leaders working in healthcare. And Irish people are so brilliant at, at giving their time and advice and a really altruistic, I expect nothing back for this, but I'm really happy to help you because I feel your pain. I was there a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, and, and there's no you know pulling up the ladder behind them. And really that those advice sessions have been some of the best in terms of building my resilience and, and, and reining in kind of my emotional reaction to everything. You know, they've that they'll always tell you like the worst, like it feels the bad stuff feels like the worst thing in the world, but it's not, you know, and and you need to tell yourself that you'll be looking back laughing at it in, in a couple of days. So just following in their footsteps with their kind of advice um has been has been hugely um beneficial to, to me, not just from like understanding the market, but from that, like your other people's experiences as a founder. Um, and learning to be more resilient and, and, and have more belief in yourself and, and not take those knocks. So that's been great. And look, I, I look forward to, to kind of paying that forward myself, um, you know, down the line. And, 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 and hopefully I'll be able to kind of share my experiences um, with other people as well. There's a there's a ton of great people out there on the scene, especially in Ireland, that are that are willing to give time. You being one of them, given an hour of your time today to this so I thank you for two reasons. One, for, for joining me today. And two, tip of the hat for, for going out there and doing this, especially, especially in 2020. That's brave. <laughs> uh, and I respect that I do, you know? No, and, and same as yourself. Same as yourself as well. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of new in, in there as well. So uh, best of luck. And um, I, I think, you know, it's brilliant to be able to kind of share our experience with you and, and the other podcast guests, and particularly from a range of different industries and probably yeah. different kind of life cycles in, in, in business as well. And um, so fair play to you and, and, and best of luck with everything. I appreciate that. If your metro don't trust you, I'm going to show you. Beautiful morning, you're the sun of my morning, babe. Nothing in the water.